0: Are you or anyone else you know interested in buying or selling a home? How about saving the planet? Climate Change Realty is the only company operating in all 50 states that allows you to create thousands of dollars in donations absolutely for free. Yes, that's right. Our service and your donations are free. Climate Change Realty can connect you with one of the best real estate agents in your city. And because of that connection, a full 25% of your real estate agent's commissions will be donated to a 501c3 nonprofit organization of your choice. Real estate agents earn between 2 to 3% of the final sales price when they help you buy or sell a home. That's at least $500 donated for every $100,000 worth of real estate sold when you find your real estate agent with Climate Change Realty. Visit www.ccrbolder.com today and click Find an Agent to help us transform the real estate market into a battery for the regenerative economy. Welcome to the podcast. Chris, really great to meet you, man. Thanks for taking some time to come on the podcast. Thanks,
1: Ethan. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, great to have you, man. And, you know, we always like to get this show started with a little bit of background on who you are and how you got to be doing what you're doing at the current moment. Okay,
1: well, um, my name is Chris Stern. Uh, I'm currently the CEO and co founder uh, of Carbacrete. Uh, But prior to that, I mean, way back when, I did a uh, a degree in mechanical engineering at McGill University in Montreal had a career and then uh, in 2005 uh, had an epiphany that perhaps uh, working in the automotive industry wasn't the best thing for me. So I uh, got involved in a solar power company uh, or a company that wanted to get in the solar power industry and um, developed that. And then finally, um, you know, after a couple of iterations I started my own company uh, called Pure Energies, uh, which is a residential solar supplier, um, you know, that was uh, founded in Ontario, Canada. Uh, and then you know we quickly expanded to the United States. So we, uh, you know, we were originally a residential install, own and operate model, uh, and th- then we converted ourselves into basically Priceline.com for solar, uh, you know, and uh, and effectively, um, you know, finding the best deal for the the customer based on you know where they live and you know their roof and and their utility, uh, and 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 so we did that and grew it to two hundred people. Uh, and sold the company to NRG Energy in uh, 2014. Uh, so uh, that's a bit about what, what I did. And then I uh, was sitting around wondering what to do and what or what not to do for about a year uh, until my dad told me to go back to work. Uh, and then, uh, you know, because twiddling your thumbs uh, is not, not the best thing for you. So um, I was introduced to the folks at McGill uh, that were doing research on a whole bunch of things. And I this thing popped out at me like, you know, it was, it had to be turned into a business rather than uh, end up like on someone's shelf, some academic shelf somewhere. Uh, And so that's, uh, that's sort of the genesis of how we got here.
0: Cool. What do you suppose initiated kind of that shift when you were working in like automotive that made you want to switch to like clean tech? Like what was going on in your mind at that time that made you decide to make that shift? Mostly because uh, I don't know people in automotive, are, uh, at least back then. I'm not
1: sure what it was like now. What's what it's like now? We're not the most friendly bunch, so you know it's just it's like if you're going to spend your time doing something, you might as well enjoy, um, you know, the people that you go talk to, sell things to, right? So, um, you know, it's it was a difficult business. It's, it might still be, or it may not be. I'm not sure, but uh, I had to change.
0: And where did your background in like investing or like capital markets come from? When did you start getting interested in that kind of stuff?
1: Well, I mean, during the, during the, uh, pure energy's time, we had to raise cash. Uh, and so you, you, basically, uh, you, you know, you have to learn on the fly and learn by doing and, uh, learn by experience. And so it's, 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 it's exciting to craft a story, uh, and then tell people, uh, you know, what, what requires to be done to, uh, to get investable. Uh, so, you know, I, I did that when I'm investing in some companies, but also f- to present it to investors when they want to invest in a company that I'm involved with.
0: Great. So before we kind of dive into talking about what you're doing with your big like baby project right now, can you tell me a bit about some of the um, companies that you're interested in investing in with your investment firm? Is it InnovoBot? Is that right? Uh, yes, InnovoBot, Yes.
1: Yeah. So it's basically uh, it's it's seed stage to, uh, you know, series A, but it's, it's effectively companies that, uh, are trying to do something, you know, tech for good, you know, and, uh, and that's, that's what we're looking for at at a Novabot.
0: Cool. All right. It's all coming together. I, I could, I could see it. So, um, what is what is carby carbicrete is that correct pronounced that's correct yeah so it's it's
1: basically it's it's basically two words it's carbon and and concrete right so we're, we're effectively doing two things uh on one side of the of the equation you know we're providing a way to make concrete in a different way uh and in the second side of the equation we're basically getting rid of carbon dioxide forever uh it's it's part of the concrete uh and it will never come out so that's uh that's the the genesis of the name.
0: And where where did this idea come from?
1: Uh, well, the um, the, uh, the the idea came from uh, well when I met uh, Mirdad Mehuchin, the inventor. Uh, uh, first of all, I had no idea that uh, concrete was so well, cement was so um, polluting. You know, I thought it was just this innocuous white substance that glues uh, rocks and sand together in the presence of water. Uh, but little did I know. Uh, so we, um, uh, you know, he explained to me that you know, cement, when you make it, produces a lot of CO2. In fact, eight percent of the greenhouse gas emissions today are coming from the manufacturing of cement. You know, and that's that's incredible. That's like if it, if it were a country, it would be a third after United States and China. Uh, so, so, you know, you know, coming from a a, clean tech background, I'm like, wow. Okay. So you cements bad. So you found a way to replace cement by using an industrial waste, uh, which is steel slag. Uh, and furthermore, you know, you actually cure it with CO2. So you put CO2 into the concrete forever. That's amazing. And so um, that that's, that's where, where the idea, you know not for the business itself, but like, I have to work on this basically. And then the business, you know, is effectively being rolled out as a licensing model, uh, you know, because we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're just trying to teach people how to do this process. Uh, and so, and so that's basically where the idea came about.
0: And you met him when you returned to McGill and you were going there to kind of just get inspiration on what to do next in your career. And you met this inventor guy and you're like, oh, he's doing something cool. Exactly. I was introduced. And I'm like, wow, this is the coolest thing. Like I, I didn't know what, what I could do with it, but
1: it just sounded cool because <laughs> it does right. three things, right? It gets rid of a, gets rid of a polluting product. Uh, it, it incorporates an industrial waste byproduct, and it gets, and it gets rid of CO2 forever. So, and it makes a product. You can explain to your grandmother, you know, mm-hmm. like, which is like, like who would have thunk, right? Like all the other solutions out there are like, well, we're going to take CO2. We're going to put it into the ground. And you know, people are like, they go, "What? You want to put CO two into the ground? How's that? How does that make sense?" You know, like, I mean, all these solutions are required, but like, sure, at least sure. we're making a product that you can sell, and people can, you know, people can feel good about using it because for every block we make, every paving stone, every piece of concrete, we're taking CO two off the table.
0: I think that's essential, and that's something I spend a lot of my time thinking about: is how how do monetize. Carbon drawdown and I'm not satisfied with the credit model. I, I don't think that really gets to the root of the problem. I think that's why I'm so excited to talk to you because I think something like what you're doing actually does get to the root of the problem. You need to create either a product or a service, a way to monetize carbon drawdown in, an, in a real um i don't want to say measurable but a real like direct way rather than just creating some sort of financial product and doing some wizardy on an accounting balance sheet like you're actually putting carbon into the ground as something that people can use but i guess my my question is this might sound kind of silly but why so concrete is the most widely used substance on earth after water um why, why, why is that the case? And is it really necessary that we need to keep creating all of this concrete? What can you tell me about like why and how we use concrete?
1: You no, know, it's an awesome product, right? You can put it into any almost any shape you want, and it uh, and, and it lasts a long time, and it's it's strong, right? It can it can hold up buildings, so it's uh, it's it's a product that's not going away anytime soon. We use about thirty gigatons uh, of it every year. Uh, you know, in China alone, they make enough concrete to to make two thousand pentagons, which at one time was the largest building in the world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they make they make enough concrete for two thousand of them every single year. Uh, so you know, it's it, it, it's it, but it's it's an awesome product. It's just that unfortunately, the way it's made now, it creates a lot of CO two.
0: You said we use thirty gigatons of concrete. I've only ever heard the phrase gigatons used for for CO two. So this is that's that's an insane amount of weight we're producing yeah. that each year. We that's new concrete being yep. created
1: every single year.
0: Yeah. So this is an immense opportunity to get some carbon out of the atmosphere, stick it in the ground for good. Um can I ask you what the difference between cement and concrete is?
1: Yeah, yeah. So just to, just to be clear, we don't stick the CO two into the ground. We stick it into the concrete. Right, so right, So it's right. part. It's part of the product. Um, the um, cement is the glue that binds um, all the particles together. And the end product, like a concrete block or you know, like a uh, you know, a foundation, that's concrete. So like all separated, they're nothing. But cement is the is the glue that holds all this together. So when you see a, a truck rolling down the, the highway or the street, it's not a cement truck; it's a concrete truck.
0: Is is that the truck with the the cylinder that's like spinning behind yeah, it?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like those things could be just transporting thirty gigatons of weight. It's uh, there's lots of them, you know, yeah. and, uh, and 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 uh, it's all over the world. It's
1: it's it's fantastic. I mean, I mean, it's it's hard to fathom how much is is being used
0: yeah yeah wow yeah that, that that is that is crazy what what are what are the key environmental issues that are involved in cement production and usage
1: uh well effectively what happens is you take limestone and you've got to bring it up to you know more than a thousand degrees uh to burn it you have to go through the calcination process uh and and that be- basically uh, limestone is CaCO 3 so calcium carbonate and you got to tear off the co2 to get to the calcium oxide which is effectively cement uh together with some other byproducts uh and and so that process so so you're burning normally fossil fuels to do that so you can you know you've got you've got co2 from the fossil fuels but the calcination process is you're taking off co2 from the calcium carbonate so you can fix uh, the situation of, um, um, you know, fossil fuels by using electricity somehow uh, with renewable energy, but you cannot change the fact that CO2 is going to come off uh, during the chemical process. So that's how it pollutes.
0: So how does like the cement industry work right now? If It's such, if it's the most used substance, I imagine there are there's private builders, people who are building houses are using it. Cities are using it to pave streets. What is, do you know how the sector is kind of like cut up and who's producing primarily the most cement?
1: Well, the most cement's being produced in in China right now. Uh, and as well, a country. And, yeah. yeah, as a country. But I mean, you know, the big companies are Lafarge Tolson, CRH, uh, you know, these Heidelberg cement, these are some of the bigger players. Uh, that are operating they're you know they're huge huge companies multi-billion dollar you know fortune 50 companies that are that are making this uh unique uh, building product uh and and you know it's it's basically an oligarchy there's there's not like 50 cement companies there's like there's a there's a there's four or five really big ones and then like really small ones after that but generally it's it's an oligarchy
0: and they're all so they're all private companies, and they have contracts with. If the government wants to build a building, they're getting cement from these people. If someone is building a apartment complex, they're getting cement from these people, depending on the circumstance, I suppose.
1: Yeah, they uh, they they're they're generally not private companies; they're public. Uh, okay. But but uh, but yes, um, they, uh that's exactly what would happen. Generally, people don't buy cement; uh, they buy concrete. Uh, so. Like the concrete maker would buy the cement. Uh, so if the government, let's say the GSA, wanted to build a new air force base, yeah, they, um, you know, they would put it up for tender for, uh, you know, a general contractor. Then a general contractor would put out a tender for himself or uh, or th- themselves to get all the concrete, and they would get a local concrete maker to um, to bid on it. And then once they win the bid, then they would buy cement from one of these guys uh, and make the concrete.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, so why don't you tell me what steel slag is?
1: Uh, steel slag is an industrial waste byproduct that's required um, in order to make good steel. So it's a it's a very hard mineral made of calcium oxide and silicates, uh, and so usually between twelve and fifteen percent by weight of steel uh, is steel slag uh, after the process is completed. And generally, they, they pour it out the back door uh, and let it cool off. Once it hardens, it uh, gets demetalized because there's entrapped steel in it. That gets sent back into the melt shop. And then the, excuse me, the rest of the the steel slag is, uh, doesn't have a huge value to it. Um, I mean, the bigger chunks get sold off as aggregate for $5 a ton. Uh, The little fines and bits get uh, thrown into a landfill effectively.
0: When you say sold off as aggregate, what does that mean?
1: Uh, so aggregate is uh, like like sand or gravel. Uh, so steel slag could be seen as gravel, uh, and aggregate means uh, it could be sand or gravel. Effectively, it's like
0: filler. Okay. So how how large a percent of it is is ending up in the landfills right now? It's hard to say, uh, but it's you know a big portion,
1: basically more than thirty percent. Uh, of okay. of the uh, is ending up in landfills, but more importantly, we're taking a valuable, we're taking something that has no value, uh-huh. or very little low value, and creating something a valuable, uh, building product.
0: Yeah, no, that's 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 fantastic. That's exactly what we need to make like a circular economy. There's every single thing that we use every single item every atom should be used for something productive that's what nature does and that's what we should model our systems after so in comparison to cement or even not in comparison to cement how much steel is being manufactured each year
1: um hang on a second how much steel give me a, like
0: yeah google, I, that. Give me google that No, no that. I, go for I, it I, oh uh, you got something else no,
1: no, no i'm going uh, i'm gonna try and do this by calculator i, I would say it's about fi- 1500 uh um, I would say 1.5 gigatons, uh, of, uh, of steel made every year.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's about a 20th of the cement production and of that steel, um, how much slag is coming out? Did we, did we, did we cover that already? Yes.
1: About 12 to 15% of that. So about 250 oh, wow. million. wow. Yeah. So okay. 250 million tons, um, uh, of is basically, uh, is being created.
0: Okay so can you kind of explain how how your product works like from beginning to end to like delivery and is the are you getting co2 only from slag or are there other places where you're inserting co2 into your product
1: um, so the big basically we select good steel slag uh, so you know more than 70% of it's suitable for uh, our process we grind it okay. down to the uh, the size of basically cement, uh, then it gets mixed with aggregates, uh, like rock and sand and water. Uh, and then we put it into a formation machine, like a block making machine or a paving stone making machine, make a product like that. Uh, and then put it inside of a curing chamber where we shut the doors, uh, and it goes into the curing process where we inject CO2 into the product. And then the CO2 is consumed by the steel slag and it creates calcium carbonate, which is effectively the binder.
0: Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, so where's the CO two coming from? The CO two, well, it
1: gets—I mean, it gets delivered to the plant by a truck, uh, or it could be delivered by a pipe, uh, and you know, it's coming from generally. Uh, methanol plants uh, have CO two okay. Uh yeah. There's 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 all kinds of things that are uh, that are where CO two is being captured.
0: Hold on. So, so you're you're actually not just you're not just drawing down carbon you're also reducing the waste stream at the same yeah. time. With yeah. We're doing,
1: we're doing three things. We get rid of cement, which means we get rid of that, uh, oh, you know, yeah. aspect. get rid of cement. We get rid of steel slag, which is an industrial waste byproduct and we get rid of CO2. So we, we there's, we do three things and we make a product that you can explain to your grandmother. So like, that's the, you know, the beauty of this. It's simple.
0: Yeah. Well, awesome. How, how long ago did you start and how, how's it going?
1: Yeah, so we started in uh, twenty sixteen. Uh, my business partner started his PhD in twenty twelve, but I've only met him in twenty fifteen. Then we incorporated in twenty sixteen, uh, and then uh, we we basically have been growing the company. We've uh, we've just um, you know we've got thirty employees now. We just closed um, you know our first part of our series a last last week for 12 million us dollars and, oh, congrats. Uh, awesome. and, and and next week uh, we'll have another the second closing so there's uh, there's a bit more to come in and and that's it we're off to the races we're, we're at phase two of our pilot uh which is being do being done at about an hour away from Montreal in uh, Quebec and uh and after that you know we've got MOUs signed up with many different licensees as well as we're in discussions with a couple of the majors, uh, to do some pilots and, uh, and get going with them.
0: So could, could you explain a bit in more detail, like how your model works? Did you say that you're, you're licensing to, to, um, local manufacturers or or how exactly does it work?
1: Yeah. So we determine like a steel plant, we find how much slag they're producing. We determine how much is usable. Uh, and then we, from that, we can basically know what what we can supply to the market. We go find concrete makers. We sign them up to a deal where we license the technology on a per piece basis, uh, and also we keep the carbon credits, uh, you know, that that are associated with the uh, with the actual concrete, uh, and then we can monetize that however we see fit, um, you know, either on the uh, on the compliance market or on the voluntary market.
0: So if I'm a uh... Cement producer, I think, I think is the right, is that, is that your, your potential target customer is someone who's making cement or someone I'm a little bit confused between the cement and and the concrete. The concrete is the final product. The cement is the method for creating it. So a concrete producer, if I make concrete for the city of Denver, Colorado, why would I want to work with your company? Uh, because
1: you reduce your carbon footprint, you'd make a, be- a superior product, uh, and you know you'd you'd be doing your part uh, to get to net zero.
0: Okay, cool. So as far as like the superior product side. How how long does like concrete last? You you said like it's gonna sequester or something forever, but I drive down the road, man, and there's every winter there's new cracks and stuff. So how long does like concrete last made by cement versus concrete that would be made by your product? Is there do you have any data on that so far? No,
1: not specifically, but it should be the approximately the same. But it's it's irrelevant. Okay. It's irre- irrelevant in terms of the carbon equation because even if it even if it's uh it's no longer used or it's been torn down, it's still encapsulated inside the concrete
0: I see yeah, yeah, rather than um up in the atmosphere and warming things up, yeah, so you came at this from a full like environmental point of view, that seems what like what you like the most about it.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it can be made for the same or lower cost as concrete. So like, you know, I learned back way back when in the solar power industry, you can't, people don't want to switch to solar because it's more expensive or because it's, uh, it's environmental. They, it needs to be the same cost or lower, right. For, for, in terms of electricity, the same thing applies to concrete, you know, uh, if, uh, uh it needs to be the same cost, uh, you know, for the end user, because otherwise people, it'll be slow to adopt.
0: Yeah. Well, well, I would argue that it, it can't just be the same cost. It would actually have to be a lower cost or a higher adoption rate over the long run because, you know, I, I love people who are into the environment and not want to save the world, but a lot of these guys are just running their company, trying to make some money, you know? So, so it's having that like business piece unrelated to the environment, then that environment boost makes it an obvious choice. You know what I mean?
1: Well, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to make this a no brainer. You, you know, why wouldn't you want to use concrete that's the same price, but it is carbon negative? Why wouldn't you? Like everyone, everyone would say, well, I would.
0: Right. And I um, will. In- indeed. So th- does, does that mean that anyone you work with need to be um, directly in pr- close proximity to like a steel production plant? Or can this work like anywhere? And how many production um, plants even
1: are there? Yeah, there's there's probably 1,400 uh, you, you know steel plants all over the world. Um, the uh, generally you have to be fairly close, like within 150 miles of a steel plant, but that's generally generally close to a lot of uh, a lot of population, uh, so it's it's not an issue.
0: Gotcha. So. What is like the the long term expansion plan look like? Do you just reach out to people directly, or wh- how exactly are you going about doing this?
1: Yeah, so we're we've formed cl- clusters of of uh, customers around steel plants. Uh, so we're starting off Quebec, then Ontario, then we're we're speaking to a couple uh, companies in Europe, uh, so England and and uh, and and uh, the Netherlands and and other places. So it's it's effectively we want to go all over the world
0: it's not it,
1: it, yeah because it's we're we're not building new plants we're retrofitting plants with curing systems and and licensing the technology
0: oh interesting, yeah, so it's just essentially in addition to what someone is is already doing at their at their plant,
1: yeah exactly that's why we decided not to like build carbocrete plants because you know, everything already exists. It's just a a slight modification to their curing system. And then, you know, they can, they can use our technology.
0: So what is like the startup cost look like to like add, to do this add on to their, to their plant?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, it's it, the marginal cost. If they built a brand new plant, it would actually be lower in cost uh, to, to build a carbon-free sure. plant. Yeah, sure. Because, because it's, it's a smaller footprint, uh, you know, so the, the the actual marginal cost would be lower. If they did a retrofit, it'd be, you know, several million dollars. But the, the beauty of that is that we've developed a financing program for the curing system. So uh, we can wrap in the cost of the curing system into the actual licensing fee. So, you know, concrete is a service.
0: Yeah, so does do they do they get that like back over time? Are you thinking in like because you said that your company is is keeping the carbon credits, right? Yeah. So do they get that initial return on investment, even if they're financing it back over time, because they're assuming that people who are purchasing their concrete are going to want to use their product rather than someone else's because it's carbon negative? Is that kind of the idea? That has been like definitely the uptake so far. Oh, that's that's well, that's great to hear. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, it's such a, a wide net. I mean, there's probably everyone like we. I just keep thinking of home builders or like cities paving roads, but obviously we said it's, uh, it's the most used substance on the planet. So there's a market for that. And then we assume that the carbon negative market is just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. Um, Is, is there anyone else that you're aware of who, who's doing something like this?
1: not spe- not specifically there are people looking at it but it, you know we've got several patents so it's uh you know we're protecting our our ip and you know we've built a re- like a business around it so um you know there's probably some scientists somewhere looking at different things but
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and you want to go around the whole world interesting do patents work around the whole world or is there they just work in the us
1: it depends it depends if where you file for a patent so you got to file for a patent in every different uh, country
0: that sounds like a lot of work. What kind of investors are you finding are kind of most of, most attracted to this this venture right now?
1: Uh private equity, um pension funds, uh you know, private investors, uh you know, and some of the world's biggest banks are all, we're talking to right now.
0: That's pretty broad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's got a broad 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 curb appeal, as they say.
0: <laughs> well, I love it, man. I I th- I think it's awesome. Um, I don't know twenty sixteen. It's twenty twenty two now. Wh- where do you see this thing in five years?
1: Uh, hopefully, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I hope we have a you know lots of people employed and getting uh, and converting plants, you know, and doing this sort of as a you know like all that's left to do is do that, you know. That's that's where I'd like to see it done. It look, it look, it, it's a it's a total no brainer. Okay, the like we're taking a waste byproduct. We're replacing something that's super nasty it's less expensive and we get rid of co2 it's a no-brainer it's going to happen like there's no question in my mind how it happens and and the way it happens that obviously is going to be played out but it's a no-brainer for me
0: yeah well for me too i just sometimes people don't like no-brainers they like to sit in their rocking chair like the the good old days and, and keep it going but the early innov- the early adopters and the innovators are the ones who are changing the world um so a couple- so you said you're at thirty thirty team members now where were you at like a couple of years ago?
1: uh there was like four, of four of wow. us four of us yeah you know but like you know four of us you know meeting at starbucks you know and then we graduated to like a nicer restaurant and <laughs> then uh then we had a small office and then we um you know had a a bit of seed seed money. And then we got an investor uh, built the first part of our pilot plant. Then we were about let's say ten people, and then over the course of the last year, we've added all kinds of people. And over the rest of this year, we'll probably double in size again.
0: Oh, amazing! And then are they all in across the world, or are they all like Canada based?
1: Most most people are in Montreal. We have one person cool. in Paris, and we have one person in New York, but everybody else is in uh, Montreal.
0: Cool. So you're, you're kind of deep into this like CO2 drawdown way of thinking as I am. Do you have any other ideas about how we can monetize carbon removal? Because I've, I've, I've been looking into like a lot of it. And as far as I've come across, your concept seems to be the best possible idea for actually having economies of scale bring down carbon. Because when you do something like direct air capture, it's like it's an amazing technology. We're so it's so cool that someone created it but then it's like what do you do with the stuff what do you do with like,
1: it what do you do with it you should you have to give it to someone like us you know right, and right. and we'll we'll and we'll we'll store it forever you know and 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 so those people all that that hasn't been well thought through right obviously like you know there needs to be a market created for value added co2 based products and we're we're an avenue for that
0: yeah well you you would appear to be the best and most obvious by far the most used substance on the earth And it's physical. It's hard. You can really store it rather than just ejecting it into the ground and having it leave there. And then if it's in a gaseous form, it could just seep back up and then go back into the atmosphere. Right. Yeah. And it costs a lot of money.
1: It costs a ton of money to to do that, right? And and it's it's useless. Like after you've done that, like there's no useful um, part of that, right? So we're making a product that you can go buy at Home Depot.
0: Right. Well. Yeah, I mean, I wonder. I mean, that's. I mean, it's just the best, the best first place to start because it's the most used substance. What's the second? Do you know what the second most used substance is? Well, actually, the first most used substance water. is water. Then it's concrete, yeah. and then actually, I have no idea what the third is. <laughs> He's like, I got, I got to two, and I had a great idea. That's that's as far as I need to take. It's probably, it.
1: it's probably Apple iPhones. I don't know. The- <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool, man. Well, Chris, I, Chris, I appreciate the time, man. I've, I've got a good feel for what you're doing. I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's, it's an extremely obvious solution. And if I had any more than uh negative $14,000 right now, I, I would invest <laughs> in, in, in your business, man. Um, just keep it up. I, I appreciate the time. Um, do you have any advice for any other young folks who are like passionate about building a better world, getting involved in projects like what you're working on? Keep on working on it because the, the only time that you actually lose is when you give up. That's that's awesome. Spoken by a true entrepreneur. Thank you. You're welcome. Chris. All right. Thanks, man. So if you or anyone else you know is looking to buy or sell a home anywhere in the USA and would like to create thousands of dollars in donations without any cost out of pocket, please visit ccrealty.org today.